Uh, today is Father's Day, and I wanted to uh, take an opportunity to, to talk to fathers a little bit, but I don't want it just to be a, just a Father's Day message, because, because I think if we do just Father's Day, then a bunch of you are going to be like, okay, good, I can, I can check out, and I can um, you know, maybe uh, you know, do some work on my phone while, while uh, this is happening. But actually, I, I want us to be an encouragement for all of us. Um, and so I will talk to fathers a little bit more intentionally at the beginning, and then I want to really pull in a, a, a picture for all of us of things of something that we can uh, grow in our understanding of who God is. And so I acknowledge today that Father's Day isn't always a day of celebration. Uh, for some people, uh, you've experienced the loss of a father, you've experienced hurtful fathers or absent fathers, or maybe you're a father who has lost relationship with one or more of your children, um, and your children are potentially breaking your heart. Uh, for those of you who are experiencing those things today, I want you to know that it's okay for today to not be your favorite day. You don't need to, you don't need to uh, pretend. Um, acknowledge those feelings and those understandings that, that today can be a difficult day. But for many of us today, uh, today is a day of celebrating our dads. Uh, celebrating uh, maybe for some being a dad for the first time on a Father's Day. And we have a number of those in our church. Um, also, we want to be able to celebrate the joy that comes from being a father and the joy that we can experience from being loved by a father. And so today is Father's Day. We want to celebrate that and we also want to um, move forward and be encouraged by that as well. I'd like to speak to fathers at this point, but also point us to to God and to inspire all of us to some kind of an action and to be reminded that God's greatest gift to us and one of his greatest characteristics is his enduring presence, being present with us. I did a little bit of research this week and um, one, of the, one of the articles that I read was put out by uh, uh, UC Berkeley, it's a, a college in the US, and uh, they have done a number of research things on on how the role of an engaged father, a present father, actually makes a difference in the lives of, of, of children, of adults, of um, even infants. And so we, we often think infants, you know, the mother is the one who is completely, like that is the, the primary caregiver. And, and that, is, that is, is great and it's probably true, but it's interesting, uh, UC Berkeley had some really good uh, in interesting things that came out. And they defined an engaged father, like someone who is, a father who is engaged with her children as one who, and listen to this one, feels responsible for and behaves reasonably towards his child, is emotionally engaged and physically accessible, provides material support to sustain the child's needs, and is involved in child care and exerts influence in the child-rearing decisions. Okay, so that's their definition. So they're, they're saying that if a, if a child in their, uh, has that in their life, they've done a number of, of uh, research. And they've, they've shown that there's, there's effects of, of those, of that engaged father, even with, uh, in, within infancy. Uh, they, they notice some things such as um, positive health outcomes and increased weight gains in in preterm babies that were born, uh, fathers who were engaged, uh, their, their babies actually had a higher rate of, of weight, weight gain and positive health growth, which is really interesting. 
um, in boys growing up, uh, having an engaged father reduces the likelihood of behavioral problems or delinquency later in life. Uh, for girls, uh, having an engaged father reduces the occurrence of certain psychological issues and even depression. Now, this doesn't mean that if you have an engaged father that you won't struggle with some of these things, nor, nor is having an engaged father the answer to all of your current concerns or life problems. It's not like everything would have been fixed by having an engaged father. But at the same time, fathers, uh, this also means that that if you are present, it doesn't necessarily mean that your children won't struggle with these things and won't struggle with different things, but what it will do is it'll give your children the best opportunity to be successful. The best opportunity to be successful. And that's actually one of the things that, that for me, uh, as a father, um, I've really tried hard to do, is to find ways to give my, my kids the best opportunity to succeed in life. And I know that I've messed up and I haven't done things perfectly, but I know that that's been my, one of the priorities that I've tried to take. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so what does this research matter to us? Like, I could, we could look at research and we could talk about research all day and, and go through facts and, and numbers and, and we could all be, you know, oh, that's interesting. But what does it actually mean for us and how do we move forward with it? And so, for fathers, I want you to pay attention to a couple of things here, dads, and then we'll move on and talk about something for all of us. But dads, I want you to notice that the definition of an engaged, what, it, what the definition of an engaged father doesn't include. Um, there was lots of things that it did include, but look at what it doesn't include. It doesn't say that the father needs to be perfect, that the father needs to provide a six-figure household income, that the father needs to be a tremendous athlete or incredibly gifted musically or, or uh, stunningly artistic uh, or even handy um, doesn't necessarily need to be able to build or fix anything. Um, it says that he needs to be present and involved. You know, we can spend our lives trying to provide everything, trying to be the, provide all of the stuff that our children need, trying to impress our families and to be successful in order for our kids to be proud of us and to, to accomplish all of those things. All the while, it's easy for us to actually be disconnected from them. For me, a number of years ago, I went through a time of depression. And uh, it was during that time that, that I'll admit, I struggled being present with my family. Yeah, yes, I was with my family, but I struggled to be present really present and engaged in my family. You see, I often found that when I got to the dinner table or when I got to spending time in the evening, that the things of my life and the things that were going on in my head kept swirling around and, kept, and I kept having to work through all those things even while I was sitting in, in relationship with the people around me. And what happened was is I didn't notice things. I didn't notice what was happening around me or, or I didn't notice when, when my kids weren't feeling quite 100%, and I didn't notice when my wife was concerned, and I didn't notice uh, other things that were happening, and I actually felt disconnected, and they felt disconnected from me. And it was through the work of a, a counselor that, that, I ex that I was working with that he encouraged me to, to practice the, the, the practice of being present, and to actually take the opportunities to, to be present in my situation. And so he said small things, and, and those of you who have gone through some of these things, this is not new stuff for you, but it's, it's things like when you're sitting down and in, enjoying a meal together, listen to the sound of your kids and your, your spouse's 
voice as they talk. Listen to what it actually sounds like. Like what is the, the tonal qualities of their voice? Listen to those things. Taste the food that you're eating. Um, actually f- figure out what it tastes like. Um, think about those things and allow those things to become the things that we, we turn our attention towards instead of just the instead of just all of the stuff that crowds our minds. And let's be honest, men, when we come home in the evening, there's so many things that are going on that we're trying to fix in our, in our situations, in our life situation. We're trying to figure out the right answer, the right way to do things. We're trying to do those things, and often we can allow ourselves to be there, but not really be there. Fathers, it's about being present and involved. And the good news is that I see dads doing this all the time. It's a decision that we make, and, and I see you doing this. I see you doing this when, when I see a, a dad of a small child bend down and pick up their child and to care for them when they're going through it, when they're upset or when they're going through difficult times. I see it when I see you at your kids' sporting events Dad's sitting there, some of you coaching, some of you just watching, some of you cheering for sports that maybe you've never really thought were that interesting to begin with. But you've made the effort to show up. I see this when I, when I see you taking your, your family for ice cream, and I've, I've seen that this week, a number of dads driving through a drive-thru and, and, uh, and taking their, their family for ice cream. I've seen it when you're taking interest in something that your kids are interested in that maybe you aren't. Maybe, maybe sitting down and watching your kids play video games when really you have no real interest in the video game, but actually paying attention to it. I see this when you're involving your kids in your projects at home, whether it's building a shed or building, uh, you know, doing renovations in the house or whether it's working uh, for school projects as uh, whatever it is, involving your kids in the projects that you have. When, when you sacrifice time at work to invest in your family, you know, there's so many times where we could spend an extra hour or two at work and we could just accomplish a few more things and get those things done so we would feel better for Monday. And yet we go home and we, t- we say, actually, it's important to spend time with our families. And I see that happening with so many of you. Dads, we can do this. It's not out of the realm of possibility for us to be active and engaged and present in the lives of our families. Sometimes it will be difficult, but we can be present, and we can do this because we have a Heavenly Father that promised to be present in our lives. And that brings me to what I'd like to challenge for all of us. No matter how engaged your dad was or what struggles you had growing up, you have a Heavenly Father. You have a Heavenly Father that is present and engaged in your life. God has promised over and over and demonstrated over and over that he will never leave us. It's God's presence that is the primary vehicle for God to show his love, his grace, his compassion, his justice, and his strength. It's the primary way that he shows those things. You know, we read stories in the Bible of of God being present and walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. We hear about Moses, who once he understood that God was with him, even though he struggled with all of the things that God was asking him to do, he was able to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and through the desert. 
not without difficulties, but he was able to do it because he trusted that God was with him. We hear in Jesus' charge to each one of us to make disciples, we hear that he is with us even to the very end of the age. We look forward and we long to heaven when, when as 1 Corinthians described it, we will actually be able to see him face to face. We hear stories from friends and family, and I, I, I think of those stories that my parents tell of times where they, they only got through a situation because of God's presence in their life. And I, 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 can, I can sit here and, or stand here and, and tell you stories upon stories of, of things that my parents and that my dad has told me of times where if it hadn't been for God, they, they don't know how they would have gotten through it. And that because of God's presence, they were able to overcome. And then we look back at our own lives. And if we're honest and if we look back and if we take time to, to think about it, we remember times in each one of our lives where there's no way we would have gotten through without the, without the presence of God in our life. Jesus was the man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. And so we know that God is near in our suffering. But he is also the victor that defeated sin and death. And so we know that he is also near in our triumphs. All of this could not be done if God was an absent God that was off somewhere just kind of watching us from a distance. The only way that he can actually demonstrate his love for us is by being present with us. And that is a promise that he has given to us. He could not have done that if he was disconnected. So lastly, and uh, I realize that this morning's message is probably a little bit shorter, but I'm, I'm going to, we're going to take a little bit of a worship time at the end to listen to some scripture passages. But, but before we do, I want us to make sure that we don't leave without some kind of a response. What is it that we need to do to, in response to the fact that we have a, a heavenly father that is present in our life? And for me, it comes down to what Mike read in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 says, what do we do with this presence of God? It says, we walk right into the waiting presence of God and we trust him. Because we know that he is present, our response, our first response is to walk into that presence, to acknowledge that presence, to, to live with an understanding that he is present in all of our situations, and then to choose to trust him, and to trust him to keep his promises, as Hebrews 10 says. And the last thing that Hebrews, that section in passage in Hebrews 10 says is that, is that we let that motivate us to acts of love and good works. We have the opportunity to take the presence of God with us as we go. And I loved, Jen, I love the analogy that you had here with all of the all of the different things to remind us of how to interact with people. Because it's in all of those situations that we have the opportunity to bring with us the presence of God into the lives of the people that we come in contact with. We remember that our presence in the lives of the people around us is the vehicle by which we can share the love of Jesus. And here's my take home for the day. There's a lot of times where we as a as a society, believe that everyone needs to be a professional at something. And that when it comes down to something, what we need is we need more professionals. I want to suggest this. 
The world does not always need professionals doing spectacular things. But it always needs average people bringing the presence of a spectacular God. I want to say that again. The world doesn't always need professionals doing spectacular things, but what it does need is average people bringing the presence of a spectacular God. And that's my Father's Day challenge to each one of you. Be present in the lives of the people around you. Take that seriously. Actually, the best gift that you can give is your presence. The best gift that you can give your family and the people around you is your presence. And as you spend time with Jesus, worshiping him and receiving from him, we are then able to take that spectacular presence of God with us. As we are present with other people, we bring that spectacular presence of God with us to the people around us. Okay, so I want to finish with giving you an opportunity just to to sit and respond quietly. And so I'm going to ask Cameron to come up and, and to, to join me. And we're going to read a number of verses. And Karen's going to come up and she's going to play a little bit of music in the background. And what we're going to do is we're just going to slowly read through a number of passages of Scripture. And a, a lot of them talk quite specifically about, about God's presence in our life and his promised presence in our life. And I, I just want to encourage you that as you listen to these verses, um, you can follow along. The verses will be on the bottom of the screen, but I, I would just invite you to allow the words of these verses to sink down deep into your soul, to listen to them, and to allow them to be words of, of encouragement and words that would remind you of the fact that God is with you. And so we'll start with Joshua 1 verse 9, and it says this, This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victory, victorious right hand. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says again, so be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and don't panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Zephaniah three seventeen, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Matthew 28, 19-20, from the Great Commission. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey, to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Romans 8, 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 23, verse 4, part of a very familiar passage. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Matthew 1.23 Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. John 14.16 and 17 and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. In Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? John 1, 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and, unfaith and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Deuteronomy 31.8 do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither, he will neither fail nor abandon you. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Psalm 73, verse 26. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Revelation 21, verse 3. I heard a shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and, he will be, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. 1 John 4.16 We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three gather together as my followers, 
I am there among them. Psalm 86, verse 5. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Hebrews 13, verse 6. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? In Psalm 91, 1-2. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. 